This is Blue Collar Culture, where you don't need ping pong tables, a cereal bar, or nap pots to attract and retain real A players. Join us where we speak with down-to-earth leaders that understand what it takes to win with a blue collar culture. Now here are your hosts, Jeremy McLiver and Ryan England. Welcome back to another episode. I am your co-host, Ryan England, and I am here today with Jeremy McLiver. Welcome back, everyone. So we've got a very unique guest today. We don't often get to talk to a lot of owners or CEOs of companies in the trades. And so I'm really excited. Today's guest is actually the CEO of Moxie Pest Control of Arizona. He is working on a brand new book right now for the pest control contactor. And he has a podcast, very popular, called Multiply You. He's getting out here in Mesa, Arizona. He's here with his wife and four children and loves barbecue, travel, exercise, and read. But I also hear he loves business because he actually provides a lot of services for other companies. So I would like to welcome to the show today, Austin Clark. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Ryan. And thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on the show. And I really appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking a little bit before the show and I got some ideas and running through my head and some questions I'd love to ask you. But what I'd love to know a little bit is you were actually a very fast growing branch at Moxie Pest Control and was it here in 2020 grew by 119%. And there are a lot of people thinking, wait a minute, that's some pretty good numbers. I know I'm thinking it. And you're scheduled to double in size again. Tell me, what is it about what you're doing over at Moxie Pest Control that is just different, that is working so well for you? You know, I frankly think that most of it is probably just a lot of stars aligning. And so, you know, you hear a lot of people joking about overnight successes, and that's certainly not what has happened here. But many, many members of my team have been working for a good decade, decade and a half, two decades. And I think that a lot of things came together for us in terms of employees, culture, marketing, positioning, capital to be able to redeploy and reinvest in growth. We're very grateful and feel very fortunate about 2020, the year that we had. And I know that it was a difficult year for many people. It certainly was for us as well, but we were struggling with issues of hyper growth. And so far, we've stayed true to what we thought would happen in our forecast in 2021. And so maybe just a couple of small things. I really don't know what we're doing different from other home service or home contracting firms. I normally keep my head down and just work tremendous amount. And so I think that's key number one is that we work a lot at Moxie. We work tirelessly. We work relentlessly. We take a lot of pride in working when our competitors, if you will, are taking a break or taking a vacation. And there's nothing against self-care and vacations and you know work-life balance. For me and my personal life right now, there's a lot of things that are not done or not achieved or not accomplished. And so it's important to me to lead our organization here in Phoenix from the front. Part of that is just a relentless work ethic. We also have just incredible people. Our employees, if you have the chance to talk to them over the phone, interact with them at your home, they are good, genuine kind-hearted people that really enjoy the service industry. They love solving problems for people. And I think 
We've had a great culture here in Arizona at Moxie for a long time. I think that it's gotten better the last four or five years. You know, the pandemic and some of the things that have been going on the last year and a half or so have made some things a little bit different or a little bit interesting. But I think that if you've got a purpose or a mission statement and values that are important for people to kind of wrap their minds around and get behind, then pest control is simply the business that we're in. It's not what we're about. People is what we're about. And so we've got great people here that are very smart, very educated, very talented. They love doing what they do. They're happy to come to work each day. And when your employees are happy, your customers are happy. When your customers are happy, they tell other people and you're able to grow. You're able to be profitable. You're able to then take those profits and reinvest to be able to grow your company and service offerings even more. That was fantastic. And I was going to call you out, but I think I got the nugget in hand here. And you said, don't know what you're doing different, but the stars are aligned. Most of the time I've seen stars is because someone hit me over the head again in the business. <laughs> and so it's a different set of stars I was trying to get to quit swirling. And so if I'm going to paraphrase what I just heard, that stars aligned, that luck really came from working hard, great employees, and having a clear purpose statement or vision. Did I hear that correctly? That's right. I love that. I'd love to dig a little bit more into those great employees and the purpose statement vision, because from what I'm hearing on the street, there's not a lot of great employees anymore. How did you find them? I, Jeremy, would vehemently disagree with that. I would hope that anyone that's listening right now, whether it's now or in the future or whenever. So consider this. What would you say, Ryan and Jeremy, like your guys as client, what's the average size firm that you guys work with? Do they have 20 employees? We're seeing 20 to 250 employees. So let's say 100, okay? Know how many people live in Arizona? I think all three of us are in Arizona right now, at least Ryan and I are. And don't Google it right now. Don't Google it or ask Siri. (laughs) We are all in Arizona right now. And I would say that it's about 60% of our clients are here. And then how many people live in Arizona? Do you guys have any idea? I think it's over uh, 6 million and I'm not going to ask Siri right now. You're right. There you go. So $1 goes to Jeremy. You went over, Ryan. I'm sorry. And so, you know, if this were the price is right, you wouldn't win. The last time I asked Siri or Googled it, it was like 7.2 million people. And so for those of you that are listening right now, and you have an average of 100 employees or even 200 employees, all you need is out of 7.2 million people to go find 100 of them. That's it. And with the things that have changed the last two years with remote working, goodness gracious, that opens things up to the rest of the United States or the rest of North America or the rest of the world. And so I understand in the trades, if you're providing a service like pool services or landscaping or pest control or whatever it is, that might be a challenge to have someone do that remotely. But a lot of the CSR work you can have done remotely. And then you have 7.2 million people that live here in Arizona, and you just need 100 of them. I would like to think that I'm inspiring our management team. If you ask them, they're probably like, yeah, Austin's constantly like barking at us. And so by the way, we have in Arizona, I think that we've got about, we're at our low point. We've got about 85 employees right now that balloons up to about 120 to 140 in the summertime. And so I'm constantly telling our management team, look, all we need is 100 of the best people that live here in Arizona. And so go find them. Where are they? What are they doing? Where are they working right now? Your A players are not unemployed right now. They're not collecting a check from the government right now. They are working for your competitors or across parallel industries. And so go find them, go headhunt them, go be creative. It's the same way that you approach marketing. 
And so when you approach marketing, you create an avatar, right, of your ideal client. And from there, you say, okay, well, where do they shop? What kind of education do they have? How much education do they have? Are they shopping online or in the store? Are they more of a Walmart or a Nordstrom's type person? And so you do the same thing for your employees. Where are they working right now? How much education do they have? What's their pay range? What's important to them? And then you go meet them. I mean, you could go physically meet them, but you go meet them with ads on Facebook or Instagram. You go meet them in Indeed, right, with your ads, and you have a compelling story or copy to be able to have them click or capture some of their info so that you can get a chance at visiting with them and describing why your firm is so great and why they should be with you rather than where they are right now. So Austin, before I ask you the next question to keep the podcast going, I want to make sure I ask one question to clear the air for all of our audience. We did not pay you to say that, nor did we prep that answer. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Fair. I just want to make sure that everybody hears that. That was not a staged question. We had no clue because that sounded exactly like what we say over and over and over. So there you have it. Somebody else that's successful at this saying, hey, we only need 100. And quite honestly, I, I bring it down just a little bit tighter than that sometimes, Austin. We only need 100, but we already have 79 of you here. We only need 21 more. (laughs) Like That's all that we really need. And then beautifully said, we go to market for them. It's a marketing activity. It's not an HR function. Exactly the same as we would do for any of our clients. So with that, I would love to hear a little bit of where you were leading that to with that purpose statement, that vision, because you're inspiring and attracting the right ones to us, the right hundred. Tell us your purpose vision. Just hear it in a short, like two minutes. Let's dissect a little bit. How is that attractive in the marketplace? Moxie is a pest control company. You hear nothing of pests in our purpose or in our mission statement. And so again, people is what we're about. The pest business is the business that we're in. And then as far as our team talents or things that we want to be important to people, we're not looking to put square pegs into round holes. We want them to be kind already. We want them to be happy and smiling already. We want them to be collaborative already. Do not try to force someone to be something that they just aren't already. You'll spend a lot of money and you'll become very, very frustrated. And so we want people that just kind of come that way. We want when they hear that for it to resonate inside of them. Hey, being kind is a good thing. Being collaborative is a good thing. You know, improving the quality of people's lives is a great thing. I can see how I can do that in the pest space or in any other space, right? That would be a great purpose or mission statement for any organization. And then when we're doing reviews or interacting with employees, whether it's a monthly scorecard review, whether it's a weekly error log review, we are constantly tying those values back to all the interactions that we're having. Hey, you did great here. You could show more improvement here. These are some of the specific things that we think that you could improve upon. What do you think? Where would you like to improve? What goals do you have set for yourself personally and professionally in the month of December? When we meet again in a month, what are the things that you'd like to have accomplished between now and then? And so that's kind of how some of that conversation goes. But that's our stated purpose. And we mean it. We hire slow, hire fast. And we want people to really take those things seriously. I think that's fantastic. So, you know, we talked a little bit beforehand just about hiring in general and how there's no good people. And I think that you've already dispelled some of those myths by you don't need a lot of them. (laughs) You just need to find the select few. What are some things you're doing? Like, we want to bring it down a little bit. For those listening right now, maybe there's one or two tips that you can give. Something that you've seen be very successful 
that the listeners could go back to their office and tomorrow go implement and maybe get some success? What are a couple of things? So this is what I would say, just two or three things briefly. You're probably doing a lot of the right things already. Do more of that. And so I will say, I'm no perfect pro recruiter, if you will, not by any means. I don't know that our people are necessarily, but I do know that we're putting a tremendous amount of time and effort and budget into that right now. And we're seeing results. In the last year and a half, we've certainly seen it change. We have probably put twice as much to three times as much effort and budget for about 50% of the results. I wouldn't even call it struggling, but we are having different results today than we did a year and a half ago. But we're doubling down. And I think it's a fantastic time to double down because Ryan and Jeremy, if your clients are, oh, we can't do it, Ryan, for this reason. Oh, Jeremy, it's just impossible for this reason. It's not true. And you guys got to knock off that attitude about it. I mean, whether you think you're right or you think you're wrong, you're right. And so it really is just, I think, a matter of mindset. Do all the same things that you're doing. Get on an Indeed, right? Put ads out on Craigslist. Put ads out on ZipRecruiter. Hire a recruiter, right? Do those sorts of things. I'm going to say something that is not revolutionary at all. And Jeremy kind of alluded to this earlier. You already have some incredible employees that work for you, that have been there for a while, that are bought in, that are happy, that are promoters of the company and of the values and of your purpose. Go talk to those people, take them to lunch, write them an email and say, Hey, we are looking to hire five people, 10 people. You are one of the best in this business. And we would love to be able to attract and find more people. Why are you here? How could we find more of your friends? And so you don't want referrals from your C players. Don't ask your worst employees where their friends are because they'll be lining up at your door. Don't ask them. You need to ask your A players what it is that they love about working there. And then go and see if they have people and you put together a referral bonus for employees. And you can be creative about that one that could fit any budget or any timeline that you might have. We've had a great amount of success with that here. And by the way, I mean, you know, friends recruiting friends, they want to work with their friends. And so we've seen a lot of really great results there. Double down on what you're doing and then put together an employee referral bonus now and like launch that before the end of the year. Today, it's December 13th. This will probably air in a month or two. But this is something that you can put together inside of a week and launch a week later and have results that same week if you're feeling pain with employment or employees rather. Yeah. And there was something you said a little while back too, when you're posting those ads that resonated with me is make sure that your ads are compelling. Don't just put the same boring job ad out there that everybody else does. Don't copy your competition and go, well, it works for them. You don't know that it works for them. <laughs> you have no idea if it's working for them. And has anyone read an ad lately? I hadn't read them for about a quarter and I popped on. I mean, the only thing more boring that I've ever read in my life is my college school books, you know, my textbooks. And so you have to have some personality come through there and take bits and pieces of either competitors or have your in-house copy person write something that's compelling. I mean, don't make it harder for people to want to work for you or with you than it already is. And so you got to give them a reason to click that button or to you know apply with your firm. I've heard this a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. There's this mindset out there. There's belief that no, we need to make it hard for them to get a job with us because the harder it is to get a job, the harder it is for them to leave. I just don't believe that. I'm not sure that's true. <laughs> but there's people that just have this mindset. No, nobody cares. I'm going to make them jump through all these hoops and figure it all out. And then if they make it that far, I'll go ahead and keep them. Look, I'm a fan of top grading too. So Dr. Brad Smart wrote the book, Top Grading. Full disclosure, I've never read it. I understand the principles inside it, inside of it. His son 
Jeff Smart wrote Who, which is more for like simple people like me, larger font, you know, less of a workbook. And I do think that you certainly need to have a systematized way of the way that you recruit and hire and onboard and whatever else. But I mean, it is an employee's market right now. And so to make it more difficult than it needs to be, I just don't know that that makes sense. So don't beat them up too bad. Yeah, no, I agree with that. You know, one of the things too that we talk a lot about is being able to find people that really want to do this kind of work. And I don't know what you have over there at Moxie as far as developing people. Do you have any kind of training programs, coaching programs? Is there anything that you're seeing working where you're bringing people that don't quite have the skills and you're willing and and able as the employer to really help them grow into that role? Do you do anything over there at Moxie? That's a great question. Yeah, we do. We have a training platform. We prefer people that have no previous pest experience because we don't really want them coming over with not certainly not bad ideas, but we just don't want to have to break down barriers that really don't exist with a blank sheet of paper. And so we pay people to train. We pay people to get their license. When they go down to the state, they have to, you know, and get their test. They're on the clock. And so we pay for all of the licensing. We pay for all that. We just make the barrier to come on board really, really, really easy easy and really, really simple. The other thing that I share with people that really surprises, and I mostly share it with competitors, but it mostly surprises them. We invest a tremendous amount of time and money in developing our people. And so it doesn't matter who you are inside of the company. If you're in our contact center and you work in inside sales or on our retention team, or if you're a commercial field person or a residential field person, you are receiving at least 20 to 30 minutes of instruction and training every single day every single day, no matter what. And when I share that with people, they say, how do you afford that? How do you... And we've been doing it since the day we opened our doors a decade plus. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I don't know how you afford not to do that. And so normally the firms that are taken aback by that are smaller firms in terms of employee count, revenue, whatever else. And so we totally view employee training and development as a huge investment that I really truly believe that that's what it is. So we came across a case study several years ago. And in terms of like what an employee wants, it was two things. And these are eight players. Okay. So one, they wanted to have a really good, healthy two-way relationship with their direct supervisor. They wanted to have a great relationship with that person. And then second, eight players constantly want to know how they're doing. Hey, how am I doing? How can I improve? How can I do better? What's next for me? What does advancement look like? How can I take on more responsibilities to make more money or to receive compensation? And so they want to have a great relationship, one, with the person that directly manages them, and they want to know how they're doing. So the way that we let our employees know how they're doing is each position has a scorecard with 7 to 12 outcomes. And then after those outcomes, we have them set monthly goals. And then we have a rating system for how well they're doing with our core values or team talents. And we go to work on those things every month. And it's a point of conversation throughout the day and in our chats. And it really is neat to see people level themselves up. And so half a dozen or a dozen other things or tools that we use are ways that we're able to take people that have no experience, just a willingness to be able to level them up and get them trained to be able to provide great service at your place of business or your home very, very, very quickly, really within weeks. And so that's what some of the training and development looks like here. And then we have other stuff, right? If people want to lose weight, we've got programs for that. If they want to have a better handle on their finances and know where their money is going, we have programs for that. And so there's a lot of things that we do to be able to invest to have people have really an improved personal life as well. 
I think that's fantastic. So as we get ready to wrap up here, I just want to summarize some of the things we said, because there was really a lot in here. You know, when we back up, like the first thing is get really clear on that vision and that purpose and making sure that you know what you're out there communicating to everybody else. It's kind of how I say it. Like, what is it about you that makes you different? And hiring people that really align to that. And then from there, keep doing what you're doing, but maybe get your marketing team involved. Get a second set of eyes on it. Go to your existing team and talk to them about referrals. And then finally, when you train people, realize that you're making an investment in them. And I love what you said, how you bring people in with no pest control experience. You put them through the training, you get them licensed, you pay for all of that. And I'll bet your retention is probably through the roof because people love it when they're being invested in and they know that you have this investment to continue to help them grow. And you even mentioned that you even do some of the personal development stuff. A lot of great things you're doing over there at Moxie Pest Control, for sure. Did I miss anything? Ryan, that was very, very well summarized. There's a lot of meat and potatoes there and a lot of things that people could take home today and put in action and see results very, very quickly. Got it. Well... As we wrap up here, I just want to let the listeners know that you've got your podcast. So go check out your podcast for sure. We'll have links to all of this in the show notes, as well as you've got a book coming out here shortly. So keep an eye out for that as well. Austin, thanks for being our guest today. Really enjoyed it. And we'll talk soon. Very happy to be on. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thank you. The Blue Collar Culture Podcast is sponsored by BlueCollarCulture.com. We help entrepreneurs create a healthy culture and build a self-managing business. To learn more, go to BlueCollarCulture.com.